Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for the working woman where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Hello, welcome to Working Girl Talk. So excited to have you here with me today. We are on episode 69, almost to that episode 70. Time is flying. We are in the middle of September. Hope you're having a good start to fall. I'm starting to see all the pumpkins and all the Halloween vibes, and I love that. So I am about that, which reminds me, as you may know, I'm a big fan of Halloween. Check out last year's Halloween episode if you haven't and if you're new to the show. So something like that is coming up soon where you can submit your stories. So more details on that soon, but I am very excited for this year's Halloween episode. Just a reminder, if anything ever has resonated with you on Working Girl Talk, make sure to give us five stars and write a little review for the show, What, how it's impacted you, what you like about it. Those reviews just help us get seen by more and more people, and I love hearing your feedback. Now let's get to some headlines. First up, we have some interesting patent news, which I've shared some patents before, which patents just for some background. When companies apply for these, it's always interesting to see because if they are applying for it's for a reason like they want the patent to a certain feature or certain product or something that may be coming up they don't always come up in the future but they could possibly because they own the patent now or they at least applied for it so a patent application was uncovered by mike murphy of protocol and the patent actually outlines a payment function on instagram where you basically pay to put a URL in your caption that's clickable. So you, if like you added a URL in your caption, a pop-up, but like a little pop-up would pop up (laughs) asking if you'd like to pay $2 for the ability to activate the link. It sounds like it could get costly if you're adding links to every post, but in the article and protocol, he's like, but Facebook probably doesn't mind that. Just another way to get some money. So The Verge reported that Facebook had first submitted the patent application back in 2016, which shows a pop-up appearing when a user adds a URL to a caption, and they reached out to Instagram. Instagram said, we have no plans of introducing the functionality on Instagram. I wonder if they ever eventually will, though, because this is actually a feature that gets talked about a lot, that you can't do clickable links and captions on Instagram. But would you pay to have that feature? Would it be would you pay $2 to have that feature every time? I mean, I guess if you were getting way more than that and that was like a good ROI for you to like if you knew you could get people to convert on that link or whatever maybe, but a very interesting process, but also it's kind of like if that functionality can exist, like just give it to us. <laughs> but Instagram's got to make money too. So tell me, would you pay for this feature? Next story, so TikTok started it all. Then we got Instagram Reels. We've gotten some other apps that are very similar to TikTok. Now YouTube is getting in the arena. So YouTube this week announced a launch of a new short-form video experience called YouTube Shorts. They are first testing this in India right now. And basically, you can upload a 15-second or less short-form video using a new set of creator tools, including a multi-segment camera very similar to TikTok. You can do speed controls and a timer and a countdown feature. And the videos can also be set to music. And they pointed out that YouTube has access to a really large music library of songs that 
obviously it will just continue to grow over time. So there's an advantage. Very interesting. This, the testing is happening in India. We'll see if anything comes of it. Next story, big news this week for podcasters and for those who are fans of podcasts. If you're listening to this show, I hope you're a fan of podcasts. So Amazon Music now offers podcasts. So Amazon issued an update this week that brings more than 70,000 shows to the platform, including some major titles like Serial, Pod Save America, the ones that you know, like Crime Junkie, which I'm a fan of. But they also bring their new exclusive deals like a show with DJ Khaled called The First One where he interviews artists about their breakthrough hits and stories behind them. So they are getting in on the podcast wars, if that's a thing, uh, too, because they are doing the original content with creators, which we've talked about that this year, like Spotify getting the deal with Joe Rogan and lots of interesting podcast news we'll see but just so you know working girl talk can now be found on amazon music so if that is something you like to use make sure to follow working girl talk on amazon music last story do you want to get famous and do you want to go to space maybe your time has come so a u.s production company is planning to produce a reality tv show competition where the winner will receive a trip to the International Space Station as the ultimate prize deadline reports. It's called Space Hero Inc. That's the production company. They're planning to put together a televised contest called Space Hero. They would select contestants from around the world to train for space, and the winner of the contest would supposedly receive a 10-day trip to the space station that would be televised. So there is that. I don't know. Honestly, space is kind of scary. I don't know if I'd be into that. But if that is a dream of yours, keep an eye out for that TV show and maybe apply (laughs) if if it ends up happening. I want to dive into this week's topic because it has been all over the news lately and I have just found it very interesting and I think I have some insight to offer, but mostly this is not a polished conversation. This is just kind of like a conversation to get you thinking about how your data is being used and what you actually want when you go to social media. So uh, let's talk about the movie The Social Dilemma. So that's been a big, it's been in the top 10 on Netflix for past week. So what is it? The Social Dilemma is a documentary drama hybrid exploring the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. So a mix of a documentary and there are actor scenes as well kind of showing what the documentary is talking about. That is the definition according to Netflix. This conversation I want to break up into two different parts. So first I want to talk about like the data ramifications and like digital advertising using your data from a digital marketing perspective because I am a professional digital marketer and I do want to talk about the social impact that social media has just from like the perspective of somebody that really loves social media but also knows the dangers of it. First up let's talk about some of this data stuff. So one line in particular in the documentary that everyone's kind of pointing out is that line of if you're not paying for the product you are the product. Overall, not shocking. If you didn't know that, maybe it would be. But if you work in digital and social media or in advertising, you know that. That's how advertising works. When you do create an account, you are agreeing to these terms of service where they can advertise to you. So it sounds, I feel like that line sounds a lot more scary than it is. But are these sites careless with data and do take it too far? Yes. I mean, let's look at Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal. If you don't know what that is, here's a little snippet from Wikipedia. The Facebook Cambridge Analytica breach was a data breach in 
early 2018 where millions of Facebook users' personal data was harvested without consent by Cambridge Analytica, predominantly to be used for political advertising. It is the largest known leak in Facebook history. So we do get situations like that, though, with data breaches because these companies are housing a lot of data about you. So if they are getting breached and if there are ways to tie back your demographic data to your name, not good. But as far as advertising is concerned, I don't know if that is as intense as they made it sound, but it really just depends on your comfort level. So does Facebook know too much about you? Yes, they do. But it's not necessarily Facebook using that data because they're selling it to advertisers on their platform. And if you don't like it, maybe be mad at the people spending money to advertise on Facebook because if Facebook wasn't getting paid to do it, they would stop doing it. You know, it's business like they're going to do what makes money. And this is why Facebook is free. But what is the abuse of data here? So I think everyone has like a comfort level with how much data they want being used about them. Maybe you don't want any advertising to you at all. Maybe you like seeing ads that are relevant to you. So it really depends on your comfort level. But in that sense, are you mad about TV commercials? Because advertising is advertising. I mean, TV is not as targeted and that's why digital is so huge. But TV commercials are technically like they buy airtime based on who they think watches that show. So advertising is advertising. It's just definitely more sophisticated and targeted now than it has been in the past. So take that as you will. But maybe this will help kind of ease your mind a little bit. Years ago in Facebook advertising, like the no rules era before GDPR and all these laws that were, are protecting your data now, you were able to target very specifically. Like I remember going into Facebook Business Manager and the ad targeting for audiences was so specific. You could even get as specific as like what kind of car this person drove. Now you can't do that. There, You can get specific like age, where they live, but you cannot get as specific as you did, which as a marketer can be frustrating because you knew the capabilities at one point. But as an average person, I'm like, I'm cool with that. I will say though, when you are an advertiser in Facebook, you don't actually see anybody's names. And then on Google, when you're looking in your analytics, you don't see any names. You just see like an overall picture of who is visiting your site, like demographic data, like, oh, like, where are they coming from? What site or like, how did they get here? Was it, was it from an ad? Was it from organic search? So you can see all that, but it's not like I can actually see, oh, Abby visited this and then went here. Like you can't actually see the name of the person. So maybe that would help if you didn't know that, but bad is bad. I mean, Facebook is the one that knows too much here. So we just need to make sure they're not selling the wrong info. And at the same time, you are agreeing to the terms and services that you'll be advertised to when you sign into the app, when you create an account. So it's kind of like a battle of both sides. (laughs) Basically, the feeling you get watching this documentary is interesting because it kind of points a finger that social media is the reason for all of our issues. I found an article on The Verge that was pretty interesting. They put out about the movie and they highlighted the fact that they mentioned that WhatsApp was um, used to cause some really serious issues in India that were terrible. But WhatsApp has no algorithm. That's a messaging app. So that's a non-algorithmic platform. They left out that part. They acted like it was just a part of social media. But that kind of leads to a bigger issue of like these messaging messaging platforms with forums that you can meet like, like-minded people, which can be great, but also can be detrimental to get that group thought going if it's in a negative way. So the article is really interesting. I will link it in the show notes because I think it's nice to have this different perspective of like, if you're going to point out these specific 
specific social media apps that have algorithms and you're going to mention one and act like it's a part of those, like mention all of the messaging platforms then because you're kind of not telling the full story because it's like either all media because that's not even social media at that point. It's like is all communication, is all digital bad or is it just the ones you pick and choose? So that was an interesting point that that was kind of like a not the full story moment in the, in the documentary. In short there, there's bad everywhere. There's misinformation everywhere. But who's really the responsible one here? So I liked this quote from the article I'm going to read right now. The quote says, This isn't to let social networks off the hook, nor is it an effort to make the problem feel so complicated that everyone just throws their hands up and walks away from it. But I'm shocked at how appealing so many people find the idea that social networks are uniquely responsible for all of society's ills. Thank you, The Verge. Because that, I think, is exactly the point that I'm just trying to get across with this. Yes, social networks do need to take more responsibility and be more transparent about how they're using data. They are getting better with that, with recent legislation and like things that have happened. But they could always be better. And like, really, what's the comfort level here? Like, Should we even have social media? But are they really responsible for all of society's ills like this says like I think so at some point we need to take accountability too because it is us like these social media platforms wouldn't have any content if it wasn't for humans for us so who's to blame here who's the responsible one it's kind of it's kind of hard Facebook has been cracking down on what you can advertise the and like I said like the targeting is more limited now but you also there the type of ad that you are running like if it's a political ad or related to healthcare or housing it is through a more strict process to get approved by facebook and a lot of times they won't especially if it's about like social issues or something like that because that can deeply affect people's perceptions of the world so they are getting a lot stricter but how much can they do without like limiting the functionality of the user so that's a whole conversation but just something to think about Depending on what your comfort level is, let's talk about how Facebook specifically uses your data and how you can check on it. So this is one of the resources that I wanted to share with you. Let's check on how Facebook, just what they're doing with your data, which Facebook has released a lot of cool tools on their um, website or app that you can check out how they are. But I just don't think a lot of people utilize them because it's not like it's public knowledge. So I would recommend doing this on your desktop because on the app, it's a little confusing. So if you drop down in the right corner next to your profile and click settings and privacy, that is where all of this will take place. So the first one I want you to look at is your privacy shortcuts. So you'd click privacy shortcuts, shortcuts, and then review your ad experiences. So you can actually select what you want advertisers to know about you. I went through mine when I was working on this script and I can see that they know I'm married. They know I... Um, went to a certain high school and like so they could target me on that and again when you are in the advertising sphere I can just target people that live in let's say California and went to this high school I can't actually see Abby but you can like target as a group so do you want them to know about the that like do you want to be included if anyone's ever targeting that high school uncheck those boxes you won't be targeted. So that's kind of a nice feature that you can control, like the attributes that they know about you, that like they won't be used to target you. The next one I want to talk about is your location tracking. This is a big one for people, and this is one that I always have off. So again, you're going to go down to that uh, drop down arrow in the right corner on your Facebook account, click settings and privacy, privacy shortcuts, and then click manage your location settings. 
that make sure you turn that off that one I just it's like you don't they don't even know where you are every second right like we don't want that location setting happening so that one I do recommend turning off because that one I mean it is a digital marketer's dream but I recommend turning that one off I have that one off basically then they can't um, show ads based on your location like where you're at because sometimes if you are in like say like you go to a new place you'll start getting targeted ads about that place like if I go on a trip to California I would start getting ads about things in that area so if that doesn't appeal to you turn that off and then you just know that somebody's not tracking your location which we don't need that <laughs> So next one is your full-on privacy check within Facebook. So this one's really nice. So same drop-down arrow in that right corner. Click privacy checkup and you'll see a preview of a bunch of different things that you can learn about. Basically, Facebook has some resources on how they use your data and then like your ad preferences again and just a whole bunch of resources and you can kind of just do a checkup on where your profile is at I really recommend doing that one because they have a bunch of different resources in there so recap review your ad preferences turn off your location settings and then do your privacy checkup and then I wanted to mention Google as well because Google has um, a nice thing to check out your data usage as well so if you are a gmail user or use google calendar if you have a google account Go click your profile pic in the top right corner, click manage Google account. Once you get to that page, click data and personalization, and then you can see all your activity controls. You'll be able to see if when Google is tracking your location, your YouTube history, because again, Google is included in this. Google serves ads. They're using your data as well. Like they know everything about you as well. So that. I recommend taking a look at and again I have location off like I don't need people to know where I am so there's that one as well so now that we've talked about the data section I hope that was helpful to get an idea of where you're comfortable at with your data like what do you want them to know about you and this is outside of like data breaches this is just them using your data for advertising that's what I'm talking about here so just get cut like figure out where your comfort level is click those settings, check out where your privacy levels are at and adjust them. So that's the nice thing about getting into this age where people do care more about privacy, which is great because we do have more control now. So check those out. Definitely recommend turning your location off, but that's just me. And I'm sure marketers out there are like, why is she saying that? (laughs) But there we go. So I want to talk about the other ramifications that this movie had just more like the social ramifications so the divide that it mentions is sad so basically it's talking about with these algorithms you're only seeing what you like so if it's like politics you're only seeing what you agree with so of course when you hear the other side it's like what how could they think that because you're so used to seeing your side so I get that and it's like dang like it makes sense like why are we all so divided like the division is terrible but At the same time, we know that's how an algorithm works. Like, you know, the algorithm is showing you what you want to see. So you stay on the app longer. So in my my opinion, I think it's kind of just being aware of like, why are we headed to social media? Are we heading there to get our news? Because maybe we should go to another source if we want to get like all opinions, all sides of the news. Are we going there to just see what our friends are up to, to see like fashion or to get inspired? Okay, then going in with that mindset. Maybe you don't need to worry and like get into that mode of deciphering misinformation. I think we just need to get into the habit of knowing that misinformation exists and like what's real, what's not. Like it is true. Like things get spread on social media that are not true or half truth. So just getting into that mindset of 
why am I here? Is this the most um, reputable place to be getting news? And if you think it is, like, great, go for it. Or like, why am I here? Am I just getting like inspiration? Am I seeing friends? But I don't think it needs to have that stigma of like the division that we think because I was like, I think we are all aware that's how it works. Like I never... Your algorithm is based on you. Like if you ever opened up anyone else's phone, you know it would be different because they're not you. Like it's very personalized. So just something to think about, like your intention for going on social media. And then lastly, two things that they highlighted, but I, in my opinion, these two are like the real issues that they didn't cover as much. So one is the addiction, like the the guy that worked at Pinterest in the movie being in it and he's he worked in it and he said he was so addicted he went straight for his phone and he's in it and he was addicted and he was shocked but I think people in this industry are very prone to addiction because it's your job you never know when to like turn social media off or just turn your phone off in general and then the depiction of the girl at dinner breaking like the timer box open to get her phone out that was very dramatic like the fact that she'd go like break a glass box to get her phone out not good but I think it's a good thing to point out like and I wish it would have highlighted this more like the addiction is taking us away from maybe more important things in life and how many times do you turn on a movie just to stare at your hope your phone the whole time you're like oh I didn't even pay attention to the movie I notice that in myself a lot and I feel like my brain is almost becoming like uh, a movie is like too slow like so it's like oh a boring part I'm gonna scroll on my phone which I don't like that my brain does that so that's something I'm just gonna be more aware of the depiction of the algorithm being these three guys out to get you kind of cheesy kind of okay maybe that's a good depiction but But I also think we are in more control than that depicted. Like if that is something like for you, like you do feel like the pull and like the constant like addiction, like just like take steps to not not do that. Like like Facebook isn't making you pick up the phone and open the app like they like they depicted like those guys like it really is up to you. So there are some ways to help combat that which I'm going to share at the end of this episode but I think just something to think about like the addiction of it so but the second one I wanted to focus on focus on is that young effect that effect on young people and kids and teenagers so the scene specifically with the comments that the girl the young daughter in the family is checking the comments and um, all of them are positive but there is one that said she had big ears and that's the only one she could focus on That is heartbreaking and I think that this is really the biggest issue out of all of this is the impact it has on like the mental psyche of young people, of teenagers, and the comparison that they feel against each other and against it like just against these ideals that aren't even real. So I've talked about this a lot with people my age and I'm just, I'm always so grateful social media wasn't around when I was growing up. Like I got Facebook in high school and again, it was just everyone posting music quotes. Like it wasn't what it is now, Uh, but social media was nothing like it is now back then. So especially when you see like Instagram models and Photoshop and most of us don't even want to show our face on stories without a filter, how distorted of a reality is that? for somebody who's really impressionable growing up like a child or a teenager so to me that would be like the bigger issue in all of this with the data stuff there are ways to control it and it is getting better and there are actually like people fighting for that like there's legislation all the time and like we all know like we don't like facebook so that one i think at least we're on like a right track but this like the impression like impressionable youth and like how we're portraying people and how they're being affected by it 
I don't know if there's anyone like super fighting for that. So that's the one I'm like, I feel like that should be more of like the issue of concern here, how distorted of reality and how distorted like your self view is if you're growing up in this and not to mention the uncontrolled information and imagery. Like young people can stumble onto anything on these apps, which is not a good thing. So when they're so impressionable, that can be kind of scary. So to me, this pro- this could have been a bigger topic here. Um, but I don't know if it came across strong enough because like this to me is like a major problem. There is a movie I do recommend if you want to dive into this aspect, like the effect of social media on young people. I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but Netflix has a documentary called Social Animals that came out a few years ago that is really interesting. It highlights three different teenagers and how social media has impacted their life. One is a like a big influencer. She has like hundreds of thousands of followers. The other one's just like a normal girl who lives in a small town and the other guy is a he lives in New York and does like really cool photography but it's like dangerous like he'll go on like bridges and skyscrapers and get cool photos so it's kind of like at what cost though so I really recommend that one if you want to dive into this because to me this is a really big problem the effect of social media on youth and teenagers and how distorted reality can get so I don't have all the answers to that, but I'm sure some like therapists do, and I'm sure there are other people who are qualified that do, but I definitely think that's more of the issue we should be bringing to the conversation from this movie. So there is a long speech of my thoughts on the movie and hopefully some reassurance on how you can take more control of your data and hopefully just some things to think about. But I wanted to end off with some checklists. So just like your data in general and then some social media tips on keeping it not so crazy in your life. So let's go with some data tips first. First up, do not use Facebook to log into other accounts. You always see that option when you're going to like, oh, sign in through Facebook, sign in through Google. Don't do that. Just make an account that just gives Facebook more access to info about you. And if that's something you're not comfortable with, don't do it. And why do they need to know you made an account on ASOS or whatever the account is like they don't need to know that so I mean ASOS would probably like you to know them to know that so they can retarget you but they don't need to know that that's fine so don't use Facebook to log into other accounts go through the assignments I told you earlier about checking your ad preferences and doing your privacy checkup on both Facebook and Google get a VPN to protect just everything on your computer and secure passwords obviously like try not using the same password for every account and pay attention to privacy policies you accept on websites this is like a big deal so when you are going on a website for the first time you'll see that cookies pop up pop up (laughs) and you can either accept it or learn more right now if you like with gdpr in the in europe like they have to make the decline a bigger broader button but like here a lot of the time they don't it's like accept or learn more click that learn more and typically you can opt out of every cookie so if you do not want that website following you around the internet click that learn more and set your preferences or sometimes it's learn more sometimes it's set your preferences click that set your preferences and if you can't uh, limit the cookies overall at least you can limit them somewhat so check out that too i think sometimes we just click accept because we think we have to or we want to get to the rest of the website but take a second to actually assess that because again a lot of this like you are responsible for controlling how much they want to know about you in the sense of like you are opting into social media like if you didn't want facebook to know anything about you don't use facebook well 
you probably do want to use Facebook products. So try to make it as painless as possible and limit the ad settings. So something to think about that it is up to you to kind of read the terms, read the cookie policy, and see what you're comfortable with. Because if you aren't, get off that website, try to find a different website. And going on with part two of this, the effect of social media has on our brain and society, I wanted to share a few social media health tips that have helped me. So first off, your likes and following does not determine your worth as a person. As weird as it sounds, like when you die, you can't take your followers with you. Remember why you're going to the app in the first place. Is it to go there to feel bad about yourself? Because if it's not, if it is, take a break for a few days. And then the next one, look under your activity, like specifically this one on Instagram. Look under your activity and you can see how long you've spent on Instagram that day. And that can kind of be a wake up call sometimes, but there's also a button to click a timer. So it will, if you are on Instagram for over a certain number of time, like let's say you set it for an hour, If you're on Instagram for an hour, it'll set a reminder to like, hey, your time's up on Instagram. So that could be a great way to kind of keep that addiction at bay. And don't have have your social notifications on. This has been the greatest blessing that ever has happened like in the social media world for me. Like the day I decided to turn off my Instagram notifications, like way more peace because then you just get alerted about every little thing and it's nice like oh if like you post a photo and to get all those like like oh so and so liked your photos to get all those notifications but when you're out of the app you want to be out of the app so turn off those sort of social notifications and then just try to have moments of the day where you don't have your phone when you're not looking at your phone so maybe enjoy dinner with your family or have like your workout and just have the phone set aside playing music. And so I think just for me, finding times where I'm not looking at my phone has been really helpful. In short, I don't think social media is inherently bad. There are bad and evil things taking place, but we just need to be more aware because there is good as well. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you a feeling that you can take a little bit more control of the data that is being used with you, used about you. So hopefully those tips will help. I will share this in the show notes. You can go and refer to these resources. And hopefully at least this will get you to start thinking about how your data is being used and what you're comfortable with. Like what's your comfort level with data? Do you want lots of ads targeted to you? Sometimes those Instagram, like the targeting is on point. I'm like, oh, I need that. Or do you not? No matter what, you probably will end up seeing ads, but they just won't know as much about you. So also the effect on social media has on our life and the life of young people. We just need to be more aware. I think that's my main takeaway of all of this is just be aware of like what you're doing online, like why you go to these platforms. What is the reasoning behind it? How has it affected you? How do you feel after you spend some time on Instagram? So just getting more aware, don't fall into the bubble, don't fall into the trap because you're not, you are the one with the power here. So power is up to us, you can do this. I hope this was helpful and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Please always like DM the Working Girl Talk account, I'd love to talk about this more. And last but not least, let's dive into the Friday favorite. So this week's Friday favorite is You Are a Bad A and Making Money by Jen Sincero. I recently picked up this book and I just started it, but so far I'm loving it. It's a really great way to kind of shift your money mindset, which I think we all could probably use some help on. So that's my Friday favorite. I hope today helped you. I hope it at least broadened your horizons on what you think is possible. If anything resonated with you, please leave Working Girl Talk five stars. Please write us a review. More interviews coming 
back next week. I'm so excited for the upcoming episodes. Can't wait for you to hear them. And make sure to follow Working Girl Talk on Instagram. That's where we are most active and join the community that way. Thank you so, so much for listening. I will talk to you next week.